slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Wednesday, everybody. We have reached hump day here on the Locked On Islanders podcast, and we have got a lot to discuss in the world of the New York Islanders right now. Uh, First of all, we will go over their overtime win over the Devils in Newark last night. That is, of course, a big victory for the Islanders, who have now won two in a row and are hoping to get back on track. We'll break down that game in its entirety. We will also have our weekly farm report, and we will have a shutout for Glenn Chico Resch on this date in Islanders history, plus a lot more to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. If you want to join the conversation, you can email us, as always, the address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to read your comment, question, or topic you want to discuss on the air, and we'll certainly happily give you credit for uh, asking that question or bringing up that topic. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. Also, if you're enjoying the show, uh, please feel free to uh, give us a, uh, a review and a rating on uh, iTunes or on your uh, podcatcher of choice. It uh, certainly helps other Islander fans find the show and helps grow the Locked On Islanders family. Great to have you aboard here. Let's go to Newark last night where the Islanders and the Devils were ready to face off. Big game for the Islanders trying to build on the second game of a back-to-back, and that's always a little bit tricky. Uh, Thomas Grice getting the start in goal for him uh, first time in a while that he is between the pipes, and obviously that is a back-to-back, so certainly uh, a good time to get Grice going. And the concern always when you have a goalie who hasn't played in a few days or a few games, as the case may be, you're always concerned that they'll be cold, that they won't uh, be sharp, that they will lose their uh, focus or their physical preparedness. So all eyes, obviously, on Tomas Grice tonight. Sebastian Ajo and Ross Johnston, again, the scratches for the Islanders, and the Islanders got off to a pretty quick start. They had the early scoring chances. In fact, right off the bat, uh, Islanders getting some good chances. Anthony Beauvillier had a a good scoring chance in the first minute, but Blackwood made a quality save with his pad for the Devils, and then 
Anders Lee hits the post about 30 seconds later, and, you know, Islanders getting their chances, and Grice also made a couple of good saves in the early going, and that was uh, uh, certainly a relief for the Islanders who, you know, needed, again, for Grice to be sharp. Islanders break on top at the 338 mark of the first period, and the goal was set up by Leo Komarov, who really did a good job of skating down the ice, took the puck wide, found Matt Martin down low in the slot area. The save was made by Blackwood, but there was Casey Sezikis to grab the rebound, put the puck home, and it was one nothing Islanders. Martin and Komarov get the assists. Sezikis is ninth of the year, <clears throat> and quickly the Islanders had the lead. The Islanders had some chances to get a 2-0 lead. The best one comes from Barzal, who came in and took a tough wrist shot. But again, the save made by Blackwood, and it stayed 1-0. Stayed that way till the 8.37 mark of the period, when P.K. Subban delivered one of his powerful shots from the point. His fifth goal from Miles Wood and Ben Street and the game was all over, uh, all even, rather, at one apiece. But a minute 40 seconds later, it's the Islanders getting it back. Jordan Eberle finally getting off the schneid. It's an unassisted goal at 10-17, and for Eberle, his first goal in 11 games. Islanders can't afford to have... Uh, a top six forward like Eberly going into too many 11-game goal-scoring slumps, but a great sign for the Isles that he basically got back on track, got that goal, and got off the schneid. Uh, another chance for the Islanders later on in the period. Barzal sets up Letty, who takes a good wrist shot, but it goes off the post, and it remained 2-1 to one Islanders. Travis Zajac of the Devils had a late-scoring chance with about two minutes left in the period, but Tomas Grice made the save. After one period, Islanders led 2-1 to one and were out shooting the Devils by a 10-9 margin. In the second period, a lot of continuous action, and that was kind of good to see. Uh, realistically, uh, you know, they went about eight, nine minutes without a whistle, and that's always fun for the fans, although for the players and for the sponsors of the game on TV, that is not necessarily a welcome sight. No penalties, by the way, in uh, either the first or second period, and it looked like the Islanders were going to uh, kind of escape the period with that 2-1 to one lead intact, but with a minute 36 left, Nico Highshire, a backhander, lifts it up and over the outstretched glove of Tomas Grice, Kyle Palmieri, and Wayne Simmons with the helpers, and the game was all even at 2-2 after 40 minutes. Isles out shooting the Devils 29-20. They had a lot of good chances, including a few in the closing minute after the Devils got the goal. And the good thing about that is that, you know, the Islanders 
they could have gotten, you know, the air come out of their tires, the momentum would have been gone. They responded. And that's not as easy on the road as it is at home. You know, the home crowd was excited, late goal, second period could be a momentum changer, and instead, the Islanders responded well. All right, we're going to step aside for just a minute, and when we come back, we'll break down the third period, discuss the final All-Star replacements, and of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history and our weekly farm report. Lots more to get to here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, the Islanders have had their share of difficulties in third periods. Uh, This time, you know, not much of an exception. I mentioned there was only one penalty in this entire game, and it was Tomas Grice called for hooking uh, Nikita Gusev uh, at 11.36 of the third period. Matt Martin serves the penalty for Grice, and it didn't take the Devils all that long to cash in. Just 19 seconds into the extra, you know, in, into the power play. Kyle Palmieri, his 16th from Highshire, and Damon Severson, and it was 3-2 to two Devils, and Islander fans everywhere had to be worried, realistically, about what had been going on. Now, the penalty kill for the Islanders, this was their first goal allowed after 13 straight successful kills over the last six games, so uh, that was a little bit disappointing to have that streak ended, and time starts to run down, but the Islanders don't quit, and that is sort of the M.O. of this team, and again, it was the bottom six forwards that get the job done. Tom Kuhnhackle ties the game with five minutes and 46 seconds left in regulation. His third, Michael Dalcole with the only assist, and the game is all even at 3-3 as they head into overtime. Now, the Devils had the first really good scoring chance in the extra session, and they, you know, Pavel Zaka had the the great opportunity, but Grice got his shoulder on the puck, and as a result, the game remained tied. Boakvist also with a good scoring chance for the Devils in the extra session, but Grice comes up big when he needed to. Eberly had a good scoring chance, but a pad save made on that shot by Blackwood and Mackenzie Blackwood, he made 37 saves for the Devils as the Islanders did pepper the New Jersey goal with a lot of shots. Vatanen had a good scoring chance, but Tomas Grice again came up big until finally the Islanders win it as Anders Lee, his 13th of the year at 4.09 of the extra session, Devon Tays and Matthew Barzal with the assists. And it's the Islanders over the Devils in overtime. Final score, 4-3. to three. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's not such a bad thing that the Islanders gave a point away to the Devils because if you look at the standings right now in the Metropolitan Division, the Devils are nowhere, you know, not a threat to the Islanders at this point in time. And uh, the Islanders now two points ahead of the Penguins in the Metropolitan Division 
in that race for second place. Both teams have now played 42 games. You look over the statistics in this one, Grice with 32 saves in 35 shots, so that was encouraging. The game-winning goal to Anders Lee, he was a plus two in this game, and Lee led all Islanders players with six shots on goal. Letty, Nick Letty and Ryan Pulak also plus twos as a defensive pairing, and as far as hits went, three for Leo Komarov, three for Devon Tays, and three for Scott Mayfield, Matt Martin, only credited with the one hit. But Kuhnhackel with the tying goal and then the winning goal to Anders Lee. Islanders getting some offense, and that is encouraging. Three block shots also for Tay. So three hits, three block shots, three shots on goal, and an assist for Devon Tays. Nick Letty leading all Islanders with 25 minutes and 58 seconds of ice time. Among forwards, Matthew Barzal, 19.54 of ice time to lead the way there, and uh, the Islanders come away with the important 4-3 victory. You want to hear an unusual uh, performance in the faceoff circle. Casey Sezikis just 4 for 17 in this game, 24%. Derek Broussard, 6 out of 8. He was strong. Josh Bailey, 5 out of 8. Uh, Brock Nelson, 7 out of 15 in this game. So Islanders, you know, mixed bag in the face-off circle in this one. But the good news, the Islanders get four goals, which is uh, more than they had in their previous four games combined. They get the W. It's a comeback win. And Tomas Grice plays a strong overall game for the Islanders in goal. And that was important Um Again, because you don't want to be in that situation where a goaltender gets cold and loses their edge. So, Grice coming through for the Islanders and earning the victory. And now the Islanders are off until Saturday. So, that is a long layoff for this team, but I think a welcomed one at this point, especially after playing back to back games. So they're off today, tomorrow, and Friday, three days off, and then they will host the Boston Bruins uh, Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Another tough uh, game against a highly ranked opponent, and uh, that is another challenge that the New York Islanders will face. But now, three days off, three days to rest, hopefully, regain uh, the health of the team and get things back on track. By the way, uh, the announcement made Simeon Varlamov not going to be named as a replacement to the Metropolitan Division All-Star team. So, disappointing for Varlamov. Again, I think the numbers were okay. It's not like the goals against average or the save percentage were unreasonable to expect that Varlamov might be named to the team. But I think the goalie rotation that the Islanders had for the first 34 or so games of the season really hurt Varlamov because he wasn't viewed by a lot of voters as the guy uh, for the Islanders. The 
unquestioned starter and sharing that load sort of takes away a little bit from the way people view his his overall game. Again, 15, 5, and 3 uh, on the season. A 2-3-0 goals against average, 9-24 save percentage, and two shutouts. The numbers are there, but the starts just aren't, and that's why Varlamov probably not on the All-Star team. All right, we are going to take a little break. We still have this date in Islanders history, plus our weekly farm report, and more to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to the glory days, January 8th, 1980. Exactly 40 years ago today, Nassau Coliseum, Islanders, and the Vancouver Canucks Believe it or not, you know, this is the Islanders' first Stanley Cup winning team, but a lot of people don't remember they did not get off to a fast start that 1979-80 season. They came into this game 16-16-6, the Canucks 15-9-7 at the Coliseum. Glenn Hanlon, the goalie for Vancouver, while Chico Resch was in goal for the Islanders. And the Islanders got on board first. Mike Bossy, just a minute 47 into the game, gets his 24th goal of the year. Clark Gillies and Dave Lewis with the helpers. And very quickly, it's one nothing Islanders. At 5-10 of the first period, the Islanders' top line strikes again. This time, it's Brian Trottier, his 22nd from Gillies and Bossy. And the Islanders quickly had a 2 to nothing lead. In the second period, some rough stuff going on. Gary Howitt of the Islanders and John Hughes of the Canucks dropped the gloves at 5.09, while Dave Lewis and Brad Smith also went off for roughing. Smith got a double minor, so the Islanders had a power play but could not cash it in. But later in the second period, they do add to the lead. Dwayne Sutter, his seventh from Lorne Henning and Dave Longevin at 11.08. Islanders, three, and the Canucks, nothing. And that's the way the game finished. Islanders with the win. Chico Resch with the shutout. 32 saves for Chico. Trottier, Dwayne Sutter, and Bossy with the goals. Gillies with two assists. Bossy a goal and an assist for the Islanders. Bob Nystrom leading the way with five shots on goal for the Isles. And as I mentioned, Gary Howitt uh, dropping the gloves in the fight. Glenn Hanlon, 31 saves in a losing cause. But the Islanders behind Chico Resch get the win. On this date in Islanders history, January 8th, 1980, Islanders 3, Canucks nothing. All right, time for the farm report as we look in on all things Bridgeport Sound Tigers and a rough weekend for Bridgeport. They had three road games and sadly three losses and that's not what you want to hear. Friday they were in Binghamton to take on the Devils. Colin McDonald got his first goal of the season for the Sound Tigers and that gave Bridgeport a 1-0 lead after two periods. However, 
Binghamton gets three goals off of Jakob Skerek in the third period. And at the end of the day, the Sound Tigers lose 3-1. to one. They gave up nine power play chances in this game, killed off seven of them. But when you only score one goal, that's not going to get it done. Also announced uh, at this point that Sebastian Ajo was named to the AHL All-Star game. However, of course, he is now up with the Islanders. And again, when injuries strike the Islanders, and they are you know, hitting the team a little bit right now, uh, Bridgeport ends up shorthanded when players get called up, and it hurts them on the ice. Saturday, the first of two straight road games in Hershey against the Bears. Hershey, a tough team, and on Saturday, a 2-1 loss for the Islanders, and that certainly wasn't good. Andrew Ladd got the only goal for Bridgeport, playing in his 1,000th professional hockey game. Jared Carreau, 30 saves and played a strong game to keep it 2-1, but the Sound Tigers lost their fifth straight game away from home. And on sadly, the next afternoon, they lost their sixth straight again against Hershey. Final score in this one, 4-2. Kiefer Bellows gets one of the two goals. That's his team leading 14th of the season. Jeff Kubiak with the other goal. Joshua Hosang leaves this game with an injury. Sound Tigers outshot the Bears 32-23, but they have now lost six straight games on the road, and that is not what you want to see from your farm team. Busy weekend now for the Sound Tigers coming up. Friday night, they are on the road in Springfield to take on the Thunderbirds. That's a 7.05 start in Springfield, and then home games both Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, 7 o'clock face-off against the Charlotte Checkers in Bridgeport, and then Sunday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it'll be the Sound Tigers hosting the Laval Rocket. So uh, we will keep an eye, of course, on all three of those games and break it all down for you next week on the Farm Report. Sadly, now, with the three losses this past week, the Sound Tigers fall back into eighth place in the AHL's Atlantic Division. They are 13-20-5 now on the season. 31 points, which ties them with Lehigh Valley for seventh place, but Lehigh Valley has two games in hand, and as a result, the Sound Tigers officially in eighth place. So, Bridgeport hoping that they can get things back on track this weekend. The fact that two of the three games are at home will be encouraging. And I think, again, the strong play of both Andrew Ladd and Kiefer Bellows, both of those players, possible call-ups to add a little offense to the mix. And we have to keep an eye on Joshua Hosang and how severe his injury is. If healthy, He's another guy who might be able to add a little bit of spice, a little bit of offense to this mix if he can play the disciplined hockey that Barry Trotz wants from his forwards in all three zones. We'll keep an eye on that and all things Islanders 
as we always do right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is going to do it for us for today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll be back tomorrow with more on the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.